Welcome to The Future of Care, the podcast that brings you insights and developments from companies in the tech sector that are making an impact on how we use technology to care for the elderly in our society, whether aging in place or in care home communities. And now for your host, UK Sales Director for VIAR, a leading full detection and smart health solution, Stuart Barkley. Welcome, Billy, uh, to our podcast today. Um, as you know, Billy, I'm Stuart Barkley from VIAR uh, Care, UK Sales Director. Um, delighted that Panacea Healthcare Group could come along and, and do this podcast with us today. Um, looking at choices in care, um, looking at technology within care, and obviously we want to hear about Panacea Healthcare Group. So, um, firstly, before I introduce Billy and, and, and let him introduce Panacea Healthcare Group, can I just highlight there is subtitles. We are two Scotsmen talking. Um, we can get quite fast and animated, so um, please use the subtitles and use them wisely. Um, Billy, welcome. Um, can you give us a sort of quick introduction of Panacea Healthcare Group and, and, and yourself and your history, if you don't mind? Sure, thanks for that. Um, so to start with Panacea Healthcare Group, um, it was formed um, on the basis of providing excellent service to the care industry. And that was um, kind of pivotal with our um, work with Viar Care, um, which I'll come on to further on uh, in the podcast. Essentially for me, um, I am um, very well experienced in terms of um, large ME projects, large ME companies, having um, obtained and kind of stayed in place. How on earth I've managed to do it, mate, I've not got a clue, um, with some of the larger companies in, in, uh, in Scotland. Um, and that's brought a wealth of experience in terms of how we drive the company, how we deal with clients, and how we look at issues. And we try to look at things a bit differently. And as do VIR, and I think this is where um, everything kind of settles in really, really well. So as far as Panacea Healthcare goes, um, our tagline is, you know, driven by passion, guided by technology. And that, that sums us up um, in a nutshell. So um, as we come further on, like I'm saying, you'll, you'll see how a different thought process to the care industry is what we're trying to bring um, with this um, revolutionary new end system. Perfect. Thanks, Billy. Um, I'm, I'm going to delve straight into the, the, the hot topic and, and what we're two years into the pandemic and the care home environment has been hit massively hard. And I'm sure that we we all applaud everyone listening to the podcast today and, and our two selves and everyone that works for us applaud what everyone's done within the care home sector and the social care sector and the healthcare sector. Um, but obviously, you've got many customers, Billy, and, and, and you, you talk to them on our, um, talking about what you were saying earlier, you talk, you talk to these customers and learn from these customers on a daily basis. Um, sort of just information from them, what do, they, what do you see or what do they see as their biggest challenges um, at this moment in time with the, what we on, Omicron variant or during the whole COVID pandemic? What, what do they see as their challenges at that time? Well, I think firstly, we would um, echo your sentiments in terms of the, the amazing kind of um, service that our care home staff, social care staff and hospital staff have done during the, the COVID pandemic. It's not been easy for us, so it's certainly not been easy for them. And I think part of that is um, communication. And we've tried to stay in, uh, in communication with our customers, care home providers and families and, you know, all, all different types of sectors to try and gauge 
where would we best fit in trying to service their needs when we came out of the, the, the COVID pandemic. And by no means are we out of it. But I think one of the biggest things are, and I think there's probably three or four, but one of the biggest ones is um, the rising costs of care. Now, when we speak to our care home providers, essentially they, they keep on coming back to how much it's costing for to provide care. Um, whether that be additional staff, um, other measures that have to be put in place. And that has a real kind of bearing on their thought process in terms of their strategy moving forward. Um, one of the other things that we speak to when we speak to customers, we speak to them quite regularly about um, infection control. Um, and this has a this has a bearing on costs as well, and they all interlink. And I don't think I don't think they, they can be taken individually. I think it will have to be taken as a sum um, or a whole part. So the infection control measures, you speak to customers and they continually speak about extra hand sanitizing, um, whether it be thermal cameras, uh, thermal imaging cameras, um, sorry, at the front entrances to buildings. All these additional points that make the cost of delivering care just more and more expensive. And then we we'll have the human cost. The human cost is really, really important. For us, when you speak to um, family, loved ones, whether it's people within my family or other families, um, isolation. People have been isolated. Now, whether that's myself or you or um, care providers or actual um, clients or service users, they have all been um, isolated at some point to a larger extent throughout the COVID pandemic. Um, and it's a lack of communication where speaking to family, speaking to their peer groups, not being able to mix as you, they, they would do if they went into the, um, the residence room or, you know, all these kinds of things. They all have um, big, big impacts on what's going on. And then actually the elephant in the room, if we're being honest, staff shortages. They're huge. And, and, that's, and that's a combination of um, staff being unwell, um, either through COVID, either through um, either having to self-isolate because somebody else close to them has, been, has had COVID, but also just the toll of what's happened in the last two years mentally. Um, you know, if you take into the fact that um, most of these caregivers love their residents, they're in it for that reason. And you see the impact of what would you class as a friend not being able to see family, not being able to see their friends within the care environment. That has an impact on you. And then you're going home and you have the same stresses but with your own family. That's where um, this kind of hits home. And I think um, one of our customers was saying to us that they've got unprecedented just now staff shortages. And you can see why, and you can understand why. So that's that kind of brings us into the reason why we're approaching the marketplace um, the way that we are in terms of trying to help as many people as possible. Yeah, no, absolutely key points. I was speaking to some of my customers myself, and um, some have done amazing stuff uh, without naming them. They, they've increased their staff salaries by 30%. I mean, to, because of the delivery of care that they do. Um, and that has a massive impact on overall costs. But staff, are, certainly within the care home sector, all sectors, but the care home sector, that um, staffing is pivotal um, and getting key members of staff to work in an area that they're passionate about because let's be honest they could quite easily go and work in Tesco's for potentially more money and I'm not yeah. putting the supermarkets down on under certain under uh, circumstances at all 
So, yeah, no, really, really good points. And obviously, we work closely, Billy, so I know the chances that you've had with staffing levels yourself, one person being in a van with four others and they're COVID positive and it puts projects, stresses on projects that you just don't need. So I applaud your team as well. Um, and thank you for everything you've done for uh, via care to this this point. So, so taking, I mean, obviously the care homes and social care sectors, they want to bounce back. They want to bounce back stronger. They want to take the lessons learned and bounce back stronger. So again, speaking to your customers from a panacea point of view um, and speaking to your customers, I mean, what are the sort of key um, points or, or, or key developments that they want to see that could support them to bounce back uh, better and stronger from, from take the learnings and bounce back from the COVID situation? I think um, I think it's kind of twofold, to be honest. Um, they're aware that they have to bounce back, but they're also aware that there will be monetary or other issues um, that, that, that restrain them. And again, that kind of focuses on how we go about our thinking in terms of how we deliver for the care market. We understand these issues and we understand that, you know, money is very tight for a lot of people and social care budgets may be getting um, decreased. And we understand that they still want to provide their best level of care for their clients. And so when we're speaking to them, I think the biggest thing that we find is um, the surveys been um, some surveys been carried out. And when we've spoke to them as well, we've asked them to carry out just as I talk surveys that improving fall detection was probably one of the highest um, probably within the top three, I would say, in terms of uh, improving um, their care home sector. Now, when we, when you drill down into that, you're asking them, well, why is it um, fall detection so important? And why is it such an issue? And they'll come back with stuff um, like, you know, a lack of um, choice from providers. Expense, you know, expense is a big thing. Expense of how, how much the system is, how much is it to maintain? Um, you know, how much is it to upgrade if they do have one? And then just the rising costs that follow on from that in terms of um, how much is it actually to operate? You know, how much um, does it become obsolete after two years? Um, does it become inoperable? Does it, you know, the, the, there's those issues around about the fault detection. And if we can if we can look at that, and I think we have, and we've spoke about this at, at, at great length in, in terms of what can we do to um, negate a lot of these issues and make it just so that you have a system you don't have to worry about. These systems, when they're put in, tend to, tend to lead to a lot of concerns in terms of either the work or um, there's not the background support that there should be. Um, so we need to look at that. And that's and we've been in conversations regularly, myself, you, um, for probably the last year, well, nine months at least, um, in terms of just trying to get to where we are just now. And then, the other challenge, I think, was roughly about probably a third, and it was about delivering person-centered care um, for all their, their um, clients. And again, it's a lack of choice from manufacturers, topped with the fact that they become inoperable between providers. And, you know, there's a lot of issues there that I think specifically via address um, and actually come with a solution and an affordable solution, and a solution that, although the monetary side is important for the care home, it's about the service that will be provided and what it allows that care home to do. And I think it I think it negates a lot of the things that we've spoke about there, and it ticks a lot of these boxes. 
Um, and, and for me, that's the reason why I've aligned fantasy healthcare so strongly with um, VIAR. No, 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 I absolutely fit the nail on the head. Um, I, as you know, Billy, but for the people listening to this podcast and watching this podcast, I've worked in technology and, and uh, the health and social care sector for the last 10 years. And it's, it's really interesting that in, interoperability it gets talked about all the time. Um, I'm sure we'll see a, a, a few conferences uh, in March this year within the, the, the social care sector. Interoperability is a big, big issue where manufacturers of good nurse systems won't allow other systems like BioCare or others to, to, to communicate through uh, their nurse system or, or dashboard or platform. Um, and, and yeah, you're absolutely right. We, we've nailed that. And, and I'll probably lead on to that in the next question. But um, the, the false management side is, is absolutely fantastic that you're highlighting that. And, and it's, it's really good that your, your clients, your care home groups are actually identifying that as, as a key objective. Um, just out of curiosity, did they, did, did they mention wearables or non-wearables just out of curiosity? Or, or is there a solution in place that they already have? Or are they actually saying there's no technology out there at this time or they haven't been educated enough to actually see that technology? Have you had any insight into that? Well, I, I think the, the, the average kind of answer that's coming back is that they haven't been educated into the fact that there is a non... There, there is system that allows non-wearables that that's that's essentially what, what we need to try and get what across i mean when, when we speak to them they, they're of the mindset of you always have to have a pendant you always have to have something because that's the way it's always been and anything other than that is alien um, and when we then start speaking to them about well actually system allows non-wearables and it's non-intrusive and you know and it ticks all these boxes as it's not a camera and um, you can see them just sit up in the chair and think wow what a difference this, this can make in terms of, you know as well as me, um, Mrs Smith doesn't like wearing a, a pendant around her neck because it's embarrassing. You know, she's at that age where she's maybe a bit unsteady on her feet, but she's not old enough yet to think of herself as old. And that's that falls right into a lot of the, the kind of clients that probably would benefit from a lot of this kind of um, technology in the system. So I think given the fact that when we start educating them and when they start looking at the system, that's when they, they really start to switch on to the fact that maybe pendants and wearables are a thing of the past. And the fact that we can integrate it to our systems, fantastic. Excellent. Um, yeah, so obviously we, we, we've ran through, and, and this isn't a sales pitch under any circumstances podcast. This is about information first and foremost. So, Yes, of course, I want to push out the VIA care solution. And of course, Billy wants to push out the Panacea Healthcare Group and, and, and everything they can deliver. Um, and, and it will come on to, and the next point is that obviously we're talking about your customers want to improve person-centered care for all their citizens. They want to improve fall detection. Staffing is an issue. Spending money is an issue. So how do they upgrade their nurse call systems and deliver that person-centered care without spending money? And, and so how, how does Panacea Healthcare Group point into your customers to actually support them without causing them more expense? What, what, that's a big challenge for you, Billy. How are you, how are you overseeing that? It is, and it's, um, it's a challenge that's caused a few headaches within the office. But I think what we do differently is we look at things differently. So let's look at this from a different angle. And yes, 
it's great to bring a new item to market. And yes, it's it's great to think that um, the company will be profitable, and and that's they're they're all great things. But actually, the ethos of what we do is this is a system that we believe should be put out and rolled across the United Kingdom and Europe for the benefit of clients, not for our benefit. I technically don't need a pendant just now, mind you. You never know; it might become a soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we don't require it. So therefore, it's born out of love rather than profit. So we sat down and we, we had to think about how we can bring this to market and how we can try and make it affordable for clients. And that's that, that for me is the big thing. So we obviously have the option of you could purchase and you, you get it just capital um, expense and that's that done. Or what's more interesting for me is, you know, how much does a care home spend on pressure map, a bed map, a PIR, you know, all these items that, you know, are continually draining away money. How about we can provide the VIR? And it's an open conversation. We've, we've, I've spoke to you about this, you know, it's, it's an open conversation between care home managers and owners in terms of they have to be honest with us and we'll be honest with them, you know, and if we can bring that system to them on a monthly rental basis, that then becomes cost neutral for what they're actually spending on PIRs, um, bed mats, pressure mats, all this kind of thing. Then for me, just a bit becomes a no-brainer. And what I mean by that is, is that I've always felt that when um, call systems go in, they're put in and then the care home is forgotten about. Now that's not always the case, and that's probably unfair to say that, but I would say in general, I think from our point of view, what we need to look at doing is we need to look at A, providing it as being cost neutral, put it within a rental agreement, which will be tied into, say, maintenance. And your maintenance is your maintenance. You know, if I go and buy a fridge freezer and it goes wrong, I don't, I don't want to, to pay for another fridge freezer. I don't want to pay for a part for a fridge freezer. I don't care um, what the reasons are. That's why I've paid my maintenance or my, my, my repair schedule or whatever it is. So first of all, if you're getting maintenance from us, that's what it is, fully covered. And then what we do is move the cost of the equipment within that maintenance. Now, there's a couple of issues with that. What I believe is that it will generate really rich data and that data will have to be interpreted. So let us interpret that for you. You know, when we've set up a call centre, and what will happen is our girls um, within the call center, and guys actually, sorry, that we do have we do have a male, male within the office, um, will phone your care home or a care home at least once a week, just to make sure everything's okay. And then once we've done that, we'll generate a report on your activity for that week. Now, the idea of that is, is that A, it keeps us in touch with the customer. And again, that's around about our ethos. So that's what's really important for us. But secondly, it allows us to then prompt any kind of issues before they've started. So let, let's, get to, let's get to the nub of any kind of issues before they've even started. And thirdly, it actually probably reduces um, any kind of COVID um, issues because we don't have um, engineers coming in and out and in and out of um, care homes. We can reprogram it from our call center. So if you move the room around, we can essentially reprogram that and we can figure that from Born in Scotland, you know, without having to send anybody out. So we have that kind of that kind of thought process. And then when you look at even more, just as a fall detection, it's great. But we can you can look and train our staff or your or the care home staff in certain things. 
So you might be looking at preventative medical care. And what I mean by that is, is that when we're giving you the information that you'll be getting on a weekly basis, you can look to see if room 102 Mrs Smith has now started to go up to go to the toilet during the night. Straight away, we can identify that, and you guys can identify that in terms of why is that? Is that a start of onset of diabetes? Is it possibly a UTI? Is there something going on? It should maybe just be agitated. And this comes back to the, the being isolated from your friends for COVID and that. So again, you're looking at the person and person's welfare. And you can look at other different bits and pieces, but essentially for the whole of that, what we'd like to do is be with you for the journey, not just installing, but just the whole journey. Your care home becomes our care home. And that's, and I'll be honest with you, that's probably a lot of care home staff have probably heard spiels like this before, but probably not the same content in terms of how we go about stuff. Because essentially we could just go and install or we could just sell. But that's not what the system's about and that's not what VR and Panacea are about. So basically what you're trying to say there, Billy, then is not to put words in your mouth, is you're dealing with interoperability issues because you're able to offer choice from a nurse call system to a tech solution we're talking about via care, but another tech solution also, you have the dashboard. You're deliver delivering a unique um, package in not just selling something and moving on, which has been historic. So you're actually trying to change the face of care. Very similar, and very, as you said, the ethos around what via care is. Um, it's a family, so you, you, you're joining that family. Um, but also Panacea are a family. It's a family-run business, um, which is important. Um, and you've grown out of nothing um, other than hard work uh, <laughs> and lots of pain uh, and, and having a good team around you, which, which is good. So obviously you, you, you're nationwide. Um, yeah, you're up in Bonnie, Scotland, and, and we're always proud of that as Scotsmen. Um, but the, you, you can cover the whole of the UK. Um, how are you doing that? You I mean, because that's, that's a big, big commitment. COVID, transport, transport links, equipment being all over the place so you can get your hands in it, all these other challenges which don't go into today because we'll be here for hours. Um, but, you I mean, how are you delivering that? Well, you mean, what, how many guys, ladies, gents, have you got out on the road? I think, I think to start with, there's two areas that we, we really need to cover there. It's how, how we um, install and how we cope with um, what, we would, what I would perceive to be possible demand and how we um, address um, shortages in material. Because that's been a big factor within industry. It's huge. I mean, I, I could think of certain care groups um, or um, companies who we've waited nine months to 12 months to get component parts to deliver systems. So again, the forward thinking of Panacea Health is, well, let's open up a warehouse here. Let's look at having large levels of stock within the UK. So obviously it's a large um, capital investment from us, but what it does show is a commitment to both by our, but our, um, our end users. Because ideally what we'd like to do is get to you within three to five days of an order and ship to you within three to five days. And we've set up specifically for that. And um, so that takes care of um, the kind of distribution side of it. As we were. And we carry a large amounts of stock. And when we say we carry a large amounts of stock, you know, we've got the capacity 
at this time just now to, I think, do roughly about 150 care homes straight away, just in orders. So that tells you how much how much we, we're, we're kind of looking at it. And then we'll just we'll just top that up as we're going. And that's through good dialogue from Viar, and it's looking at different shipping methods, and it's just looking at just the, the infrastructure and how we do that. So I would never perceive that we would be below that level, which is great. And then how do we install? Well, at this moment in time, we have 28 engineers, um, mostly um, covering the whole of Scotland. We have some that cover the south of Scotland and into north of England. But actually what's been really important is a network of good engineers that we have worked with previously within a care home environment. And I believe that we've got that. So I think we now have, if we look at it by the end of this year, we'll have our 28 and then we'll have another 26 two-man teams available for installs throughout the United Kingdom. Um, and again, that goes on um, just how quickly um, things either ramp up or um, depends if COVID decides to raise its head again or not. But again, these are all issues that, that, we're, that we're looking at, but essentially at any one time, we could have up to about 36 two-man teams running. And that covers, that, that covers the whole of the UK. That's the, uh, yeah, you I mean, and, and that's that's you're obviously going to have the back end to support that as well. So you're you're obviously doing a lot of recruitment at this moment in time as well. Um, to, to we are, yeah, we are, yeah, and we've obviously um, because of because of um, what we've thought about in terms of call center wise, there's a big back end. You're right of what we're doing here. So we're not only the installation side of it, but it's the management of the care homes once we have installed and lead them through um, the journey. And I keep on calling it a journey, but it is that, it's a, it's a journey. It's not, you know, we, we speak to you in the, the April and that's you finished by the June, you never hear from us again. It's a constant journey and it's feedback and it's, you know, it's reacting to things. We won't always get it right. That's it. You know, we won't always get it right, but we'll always try to get it right. And the biggest thing for me is if we have a communication with members of staff within care homes, each care home is individual. I don't care if you've got a care home with um, two beds, 50 beds, or if you own 20 care homes, they're all individual and all have individual challenges that we need to be prepared to meet. And that's where the back end stuff comes in. And that's where the girls in the, in the call centre, we call it a call centre, but it's actually just our office um, that we've set up. Um, just simply because they're, they're, kind of, they're, they're away from the, the main office, but these girls are great. These girls, have, some of them have got 25 year service dealing with you know, um, care homes. Um, some of them have got um, experience in terms of working in care homes, which I think is important. Um, we've actually taken a new, somebody else that's involved with a finance team. Now we already, you know, we had a finance team in, in place, but this person has joined with a background of care. And there's a reason for that, you know, that, that so we are, we're gearing towards totally looking after the care market and looking after the individuals within it. No, absolutely perfect. And, and importantly, it, it, Billy, I know you, but um, it's not just by our care that you're working with. Um, Panacea Healthcare Group have other partners that I'm doing other podcasts with further on, and, and, and we'll get their views on that. But just a bit from yourself, you I mean... Yeah, you... well, it's, I mean, I think, I think I've, I've focused on, on the VIA point of it because um, that's, that's the one for us that, that changes the face of care. But yes, you're absolutely right. And, and we've been really proud to serve um, guys like um, Legrand and ACOL and with XT2 system upgrades. And, um, you know, you know these, these, these are the things that 
give us the background to have the confidence to know that we're installing properly, safely in a system that works. So yeah, we work with, with a lot of partners throughout the care sector. Um, we always look to increase that. You know, there, there are different um, there are different companies. So we also um, help ASCOM and um, there, are, there are other companies that, that, that we work with. So yes, in its entirety, I would say that probably we are the first place to go to. And I think that would be fair to say. Uh, in terms, you, in terms of you're us. offering a choice, Billy. You mean, you mean, to be honest, you're taking all the components that interoperability plays a part in, you're taking that and you're breaking down the interoperability walls and you're delivering as a solution. So if Stuart Barclays Care Home wants, um, you mentioned LeGrande, uh, LeGrande Nurse Call, but they want um, ASCOM SmartSense, but they always want VR and they want um, handsets, or they want different things. You okay. can absolutely bring that together and be the, the cement uh, that steals it all. And, and obviously you'll support them continuously. So I, I just think it's a very, very clever model. Um, it's, it, it's great to see the movement from Panacea um, data side into the healthcare side. Obviously you worked, uh, you've worked with me for the last five years and, and previous and other roles. So I've known you a long time, but um, I, I think that's been really useful today. Billy, I, I mean, I genuinely think that um, we'll, we'll follow up again. Let's, let's continue the journey ourselves um, and let's feedback to the customers. Um, obviously, for the people watching this, uh, you'll be able to uh, meet Billy and me face-to-face, -face, the double comedy act, um, with no subtitles, I may add, this time. Um, we're at um, a lot of conferences for the care home sector later in the year, but we're going to be at the Lang Bilson event on the 2nd of March. We're also going to the UK telehealth event on the 15th of March, and we're delighted to be one of the headline sponsors uh, of the innovation stage at uh, iTech, the TSA conference in Birmingham. And uh, we'll be there for two days, um, and we will be having a happy hour in a good Scottish way um, while, while we're at that event as well. And we look forward to seeing you. Uh, we'll be the ones in kilts. Um, but Billy, thank you. Um, thank you for your, to your team for everything so far in the last nine months. Um, and yes, we look forward to catching up with you all again soon. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having us on, and um, we're excited to be part of the journey.